everyone and welcome back to another episode of Deets with Dita. I'm your host Nandita and today we are going to talk about a series that has impacted base like just a lot of people in like the past month since it's come out and it's broken so many records and I thought if I do not talk about this like series on the podcast it would be incredibly insane so that's right we are going to be talking about the queen's gambit um so in this episode i'm gonna give you guys like a general gist of like the premise of the show for those of you who don't know just to give you like a quick overview um and then after that point i would strongly urge you guys to watch it it is only seven episodes long and it is on netflix so highly recommend go and watch it do it please (laughs) and um then we're going to talk about the themes because there are a lot of themes in this show that are explored that i think some of them are overlooked some of them are blindingly obvious and um i think it would be interesting to uh, like explore them individually and then finally we'll talk about a few facts about the show and just the popularity because uh if you don't know it has been receiving so much critical acclaim and everyone's been watching it so if you haven't watched it yet i feel like you should jump on the train because i do think it's worth the watch so without further ado let's hop on into the episode for those of you who don't know what the queen's gambit is about It is essentially set in the 1960s and it's about a girl called Beth Harmon uh, who is a young chess prodigy and she's basically on the rise of becoming the world's greatest chess player which is insane Um, and she does this all while struggling with emotional problems as well as drug and alcohol dependency. Now for starters um, Beth Harmon is played by Anya Taylor-Joy and can I just say she was incredible in this role honestly so good uh for those of you who don't know who she is she is definitely going well she's already been in some incredible things but she is definitely on the rise of being in some really really good films in the future but for now you may have seen her in Peaky Blinders um you may have seen her in new mutants if you guys have actually seen new mutants um she's also in emma which is a um like adaptation of emma by jane austen um i've seen that and it's incredible she's really incredible in it um she's also in glass and split so those are the ones with james mcavoy in it and she was the person who got kidnapped uh in that film uh well in in, um split she gets kidnapped and then gloss different story um and then we have also she was in the witch this was one of her like earliest films one of her earliest films uh was the witch which is an a24 film i have yet to see but i am definitely going to watch it very very soon um and yeah like she's been in a lot but i feel like not many people have realized her capability until now because the queen's gambit she was absolutely phenomenal and like genuinely she played her role very well so um also people who are in it who have notable mentions so 
Harry Milling, if you don't know who he is, he was in the Harry Potter films as Dudley. Uh, he was also in some other films like The Old Guard, he was the villain I believe in The Old Guard. And recently he was also in The Devil All the Time which is on Netflix. Actually The Old Guard is also on Netflix too. Both Netflix, Netflix original films. So yeah, he's been in those and then also, oh he's actually been in His Dark Materials, also a James McAvoy thing. <laughs> Um, and that's on BBC, I think, BBC iPlayer. And um, yeah, so he's been in quite a few things. And then also we have um, Thomas Brody Sangster, who was in the Maze Runner films, right, as Newt. And um, also he was actually, now I didn't know this, right? I did a bit of research on this. But apparently he was a really, uh, he was like a young, um, he was a kid in Love Actually. I have, firstly, I have not seen Love Actually. Maybe because it's Christmas time. Maybe I'll watch it. But he was the young kid called Sam in it. And I just find that really, really funny. Um, but yeah, so th those are the, his most notable things. The Maze Runners and um, yeah, and the Love Actually thing. And now The Queen's Gambit. Um, and then there's also one more person um, that I wanted to talk about who is Beth Harmon's like best friend from um, her youth when she was in orphanage, which I'll get onto in a second. But she basically, um, her name is uh, Moses Ingram and she is really incredible. I really want to see more stuff from her because I feel like this was her um, breakout role in a way. And um, she's actually going to be um, in Macbeth, the 2021 version, which I had no clue they were doing another Macbeth, but they they, they seem to keep doing all, all that stuff. Um, and she's going to be Lady Macduff. But in this, she's Jolene. And I forgot to mention, Harry was... Uh, who did he play in The Queen's Gambit? Oh, he played Harry. Harry played Harry um, in The Queen's Gambit. And then Thomas played... What did he play? He played Benny Watts. So yeah these all of these characters were in there and there's obviously loads more in the queen's gambit but i feel like those for me were the most notable roles because they felt yeah they felt the most impactful to beth's life so i'll give like a rough overview of like the first episode just to, for those of you who haven't seen it just to get you like hooked so essentially we're following beth's life right from like being a child to um, like growing up in adulthood, right? We're like going through that whole thing. And essentially she's orphaned when her mother um, dies in a car crash. So she's taken to this orphanage and um, she's expected to follow these rules. And it's like a very um, strict um, orphanage. So and they do they did some dodgy stuff there as well which uh find out by watching the episode but they, it was just a very weird and creepy place but she manages to find a release in chess and uh she manages to play chess with the janitor who she grows like a really strong relationship with and it goes from and her chess love goes from there and like she's trying to figure out being an orphan whilst also figuring out like um you know just herself and i think it is an incredible show if you have not seen it already please 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 go and watch it uh because i feel like from this point on in the episode we want we want to dive deep into spoilers so i guess now if you haven't watch it 
if you have and you are listening and you're ready for me to dive into all the nitty gritty stuff that I think about this show, then uh, stay tuned for uh, me talking about the themes. So I've basically come up with six prominent themes, um, but I think I will... Uh, there probably is more, let's be real, if you want to like really super super like analyse into this, you can probably find more, but um, I think I'm gonna go with um, like six for me. So let's talk about one of, so from now, sorry, from now on there's gonna be spoilers, so please, please, if you haven't watched it, do watch it and now we will talk spoilery because I'm gonna go in depth about how these themes like impacted uh, Beth and stuff like that. So, um, for starters, let's talk about um, the addiction. So, her addiction started off, like, very early on um, in the orphanage, which is really, really messed up, and it was basically what they gave, they gave, like, these calming things to the kids, and uh, later on we realised that, like, tranquilizing or, like, calming drugs, um, and they... I, I feel like they probably gave it to the kids so they didn't act out. Um, but she got kind of addicted to them uh, because her one of the people that she lived with in her orphanage, Jolene, told her that they have like better effects on her at night. So like, you know, take it at night, it's better. And um, I think that tied in with her um her like self-confidence in thinking that she was a good chess player right because she thought that she needed to take these like tranquilizing things um to help her visualize a chessboard like uh, like the most prominent thing about like the child beth that we see is that she visualizes a chessboard um on the top of uh the ceiling before she goes to bed and she like goes through all the possible moves and stuff um, through this like visualized chessboard and she thinks that she can't do it like at some points in the series she thinks she can't do it without visualizing the chessboard and that's what makes her turn back to it and I think that comes down to a lot of the self-confidence that she has especially because she's an orphan and stuff like that and she's she's not had it easy essentially so and then as she grows older, the addiction goes on to like cigarettes as well, and it also goes on to alcohol, which is not great. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, and like the show. What I love about the show is like I I forgot this, and then I've like completely remembered it. But the first thing we like the first opening shot of the show is, um what we see her like as an adult we see her as an adult she takes two of these like green pills and uh washes it down with like some alcohol right which is already a very like jarring thing to like uh what's the word associate with a character and she's like all like hung over you can tell and she's like like sloppily going downstairs and getting ready and playing a chess match right and what we don't know is that this is like such a significant chess match and like I think I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here but what I loved about um the way they did that is to me in my head I thought that they played like 
the final most important chess match, um, like the start of her final most important chess match, um, at the beginning to come back to right at the end of the the series. But what it did was it actually duped you in a way, and it kind of said, "Well, look, no, we're going to show you one of her chess matches in her future that leads her to her rock bottom," and I did not expect that. And I think that actually was a great way of just, for starters, making you completely confused at the beginning, like seeing this woman and how how she like is at that present moment of time and then going re-ba- rewinding all the way back to try and figure out how did she get to this place. And normally a lot of shows do that with like the final part. Like, you know, uh, it's like, you know, when those films, when they're like, uh, they cut right in the middle of like a, fight scene or like a intense moment and they're like then they stop and they do like a freeze frame and it's like you're probably wondering how did I get here you know that type of thing this is what this did but in a very very less cheesy way and no voiceovers no freeze frames but in a way was just like we're gonna show you this woman but now we're gonna show you how she got to that point without but without saying that and I think that was done really really well um so props props to the makers for doing that because I, I absolutely loved that um and yeah so this series she battles her addiction a lot and um she goes through loads of ups and downs I think the notable um up with it was basically going to live with um Benny for a little bit actually helped her but then she relapsed um anyway and that's when we see her relapse Uh, when we go to the flash forward and yeah it's I think it was I think the way that they showed it was really good like there's there was a lot of for me (laughs) online there were a lot of things where um it had online the there's this one scene of Beth where she's like in her nightgown and all her nightwear and like she's got like she looks what they're trying to depict her as as like rock bottom and um they they don't they just don't loads of people online are just like oh i love how this is a what a man thinks a woman looks like when she's going through rock bottom now part of me is like okay valid she does look really really pretty in this scene and for them to make it out that she looks like she's going like through rock bottom is um is quite weird <laughs> like you would want it to be a bit more horrific but then part of me is like well Beth like in the um more later like in the later episodes really does care about her appearance and cares about what she wears and cares about all that stuff and I think also you have to understand rock bottom is different for different people like people can still feel like they want to get up and make themselves look decent while also still feeling horrible on the inside it it affects different people different ways um is what i'm trying to say so i don't know i do think they could have made her like spiral downwards maybe a little bit more visual um like actually looks like it's been taking a toll on her uh rather than keeping her really pristine but i still appreciate that everyone goes through like rock bottom in different ways and that was just Beth's way of going through rock bottom so that's my stance on that I'm a bit like you know what it is what it is we got that but you know I'm not unhappy with it so that's that's the main thing um and then so that's like 
the addiction side and I have touched on a few of the other things as well like I did touch a little bit on the fact that like she's growing up in this and like also the fashion that work what she wears and also like her family and stuff um so let's talk about the fashion because I absolutely loved the fashion in this show like oh my goodness I loved the fact that Beth like took her like she wanted to look really formidable like for me her the way of her like uh expressing herself through her fashion as she grew up like you saw even through like the very early stages when she's with her adopted mother um Alma like you see she's like in the shop and she sees this beautiful dress and she really wants to buy it and like she really wants to take pride in her appearance and part of that I feel like comes from um her moving into an actual high school like instead of being in an orphanage school um, she actually moves to a high school and they do take the mickey out of her appearance and you see um, all the other high schoolers wearing these like really nice and lavish clothes and like she's she's not meeting up to that standard and um, as a result of that she's like being picked on and I think that's what I guess at a young age really drove her to be like I need to look my best but the beautiful thing about it is that she didn't like look the way that the other teenagers looked right she didn't look like um the way that they were wearing clothes but you see her outfits and you think those are actually like they suit her and they they still show her personality whilst also being super presentable and stuff like that which I really loved and what I love about the wardrobe department as well is I read a read up online is that they always tried to incorporate you know the black and white theme or where we they couldn't incorporate black and white they did um like checkered uh theme so like you know the to imitate the chessboard and then the black and white to imitate you know the black and white uh pieces on the board and I really loved that I think one of my favorite outfits was the last outfit in um the like when she's in Russia the last outfit that she wears like the white fluffy coat and like the hat that really reminded me of the like the actual queen's piece on a um on a chessboard and it was white as well and I oh I can't remember but I think that's the color she was when she um played um the Russian dude at the end I think she was playing white but not too sure but for me, that was a really cool, like, visualisation is that she is the chess piece, like, her, that is her life. And obviously because uh, she, like, the Queen's Gambit was actually played in that final match, which was really cool. Um, like, an ode to the fact that this is the show's title. But yeah, like, it just, it tied together really well. And I really, like, I really, really, really do respect the wardrobe department. Like, such cool outfits. I have so many outfits that I really loved from this show um so much so that I think I even bought an outfit uh recently that like was the one that she obviously not the exact one because that would have cost a lot of money but me finding it like randomly on a website while I was like ordering some clothes like the one where she wears um that she looks at originally in the shop and she wants to buy I bought an outfit that's very similar to that and like I was just really proud about the fact that I got something like that and I was like oh yes this this radiates the Queen Gambit vibe but yes I think fashion really 
did show her confidence and even when her her like uh points where she was feeling like low and like her rock bottom as I say in quotation marks like you could tell that like you could see in her outfits they displayed like what she was feeling the the confidence and stuff like that and I I really loved that that part of um the story was was really good now I think let's talk about the fact that this is really and truly because everyone like this is chess very very chess related and you know some people have even gone on the record and said that like this is really realistic like chess players around the world have said like this is really well choreographed and realistic to how actual chess is played and like the emotions are still are so very real which is a testament to like uh scott frank who was the person who like co-wrote it directed it whatever and made it um and i really loved that like i really really loved the fact that they did actually do research because i think oh i'm not too sure but i think they did have two chess experts on hand to um to like consult which was really good whenever you have a, a story like this you always want um to have like experts on hand to tell you whether you're doing stuff right or whether you're doing stuff wrong and the chess stuff like I think it's no surprise that chess is like a big theme in this but I think what I loved is that Anya Taylor-Joy she really like um she really like did the chess moves so well and what I found out is that uh because she like does dance and stuff and she's very well versed in dancing um like she imagined the um moving of the chess pieces as choreography and like thinking about some of like the speed chess scenes and stuff like that she would memorize them like what 20 minutes before the scene and then she would outrightly do them and it just for me it felt like that is so cool and the ability like the for starters like the memory that you have to do that is incredible because you're gonna have to memorize like all the way that you you're moving the pieces and stuff and the way that she did it was such like elegance as well and each character had their little um things that they like their little you know when you're like thinking or when you're like just playing like they had little quirks like one of them was like fiddling with a watch or like a or something on their wrist whereas Beth's was very much like um she held her like hands on rested her hands on her chin and she was just looking at the opponent like dead in the eye which I thought was a big power move um and like yeah everything about it felt very real and felt very individualized so each person who was playing chess it felt very individual to them and the way that they would play and a lot of the scenes as well I felt like chess was the way that they were communicating without like like there were some certain scenes like the speed chess scene with uh Benny the first speed chess scene where he basically (laughs) like takes all of her money essentially like that felt like they were communicating about um like to each other without like through the chess and like I feel like that happened a lot in the the show like really and I liked that because sometimes you just don't need any words to be said and something like chess can be a replacement or um to fill the void of the absence of words and I really 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 enjoyed that this is just basically going to be me justing like gushing about the show um but yeah like that I mean it is very chess centered and I think 
we let's move on from the fact that it's very chess centered because let's be real it it's it's the show about chess but i want to talk about more of the underlying stuff so coming of age although it is like literally this show is the queen's gambit it's named after a chess opening right that is very prominent (laughs) and known in the chess community but I believe this series is first and foremost a coming of age and I think people are forgetting that whilst watching it because while it is very like um it is very impressive that a show about chess can be so enticing to people who have never even played chess before it's also like interesting because people overlook the fact that this is very really and truly a coming of age um and I think this is the most important theme like of the entire show because we see like literally Beth Harmon as like a really young kid go from like a mature adult who feels like by the end feels very accomplished and like genuinely happy and it's really really cool because she goes through like her self-confidence that I already talked about and she like channels that through her like fashion and then she also like um goes through you know, feeling like, does she belong in, like, a high school, also romance as well, like, how, how does she, she was, like, exploring who, who does she actually feel more comfortable with, and stuff like that on a more romantic level, and on top of that, like, I feel like the coming of age and family themes really tie well together, because she was essentially an orphan, and then she had an adoptive mother, and then, sadly, her adopted mother, like, passed away on her and then she felt super lost and it was just like there was a lot of roller coaster of like because even though she was still in like she was an adult at that point like she had finished high school uh or so I think I'm not too sure about the timeline in this but it just felt like she um until the very end of the show she was still trying to find herself and find where she felt most comfortable Um, And the fact that we end with her, like, super happy playing with chess with people on the street, like, she was genuinely and purely happy. And that's how you know that, like, yes, she has finally found herself type of thing. And that's what I really loved. I loved seeing her grow up, seeing her go through all this stuff and seeing... Because she had so many, like, important figures to her in her life. Like, the janitor, like, he was such an important uh, figure in her life. Um... Elma was a very important um like figure in her life cuz that was basically her like her mum and then um Jolene also had a very important role in her life and then the like Harry and Benny also had important roles in her life so all these people just really helped um I guess like form her own sort of family even though like her family like died on her so I thought that was really nice um there is one quick criticism that I'm seeing as well about Jolene's character and how like the only person who was not white um in the show basically served as only a character point for um for Beth and I think yeah I mean that was disappointing because I would have loved to see more of Jolene and her like how she's like doing outside of Beth but you know I don't think because this is a limited series I don't think they had enough time but again that's no excuse for not writing characters well because I think they could have done a lot more with that character um and made 
like just little scenes to show like there is a life to her other than Beth which would have been great um and then there is like the the final theme that I guess I wanted to talk about was the sexism was that like she is a female chess player and like this goes from like transcending into real life to also um to the the story is that literally there would be like in the beginning it would be so impactful to see that she was the only female in a room of like males and they would constantly belittle her and think oh this female is she gonna be better than me oh and like you would see that constantly just because she was a female and like there were so many scenes that like you could see could like empower so many females to actually play chess and like be like in this male dominated like well it used to be very male dominated like chess um have some females um not be afraid to challenge it and try their best and train to be like grandmasters and all that like stuff it would be like it's awesome and it's very empowering like I wouldn't lie if I was not a little bit tempted to play chess after the show but I have played chess before and it is very difficult so <laughs> but I think that was an incredibly important thing as well and the fact that you could even see in Russia she was inspiring so many females um to do that um, so just some other things I wanted to say is that this was based off of a book um, by J. Walter Tevis and yeah with the same name The Queen's Gambit but it was not um, it's not based on a true story which a lot of people including my mum were very unhappy about but I would be very shocked if this did happen in like the 1960s like I would be incredibly shocked if something like that happened um so if you guys wanted to know what the Queen's Gambit chess opening is, it would be um, d4. <laughs> so like a pawn moves to d4, pawn moves to d5, and um, the other side's pawn would move to um, c4. That's that's the Queen's Gambit <laughs> opening. And then um, Scott Frank, who is the director, he's also written, he's done some writing for Logan and the Wolverine, which I thought was very, this is a very big shift in tone well actually Logan is a little bit more serious but it feels more nitty-gritty and this just feels more like calculated you know like I, that's a good word I would describe the Queen's Gambit like calculated it's a good show like that then um the cinematographer did really 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 well in this show like really really well I was so impressed with the cinematography like there was so many scenes that it looked so symmetrical um and I think that was done on purpose because they wanted to like because chessboards have like sort of symmetrical side to it um and the fact that they they did that was really really cool um and just some of the shots I remember there was this one shot when me and my mom were watching this because we binge watched this like in three days and we also watched it very very early when it came out because we we just saw it and it came up on our recommended and then like a week or two later everyone was talking about it and we were just like ha <laughs> we, we watched this so long ago um but back to the point like there was this one scene where I outwardly said to my mom like this shot looks amazing and I think it was in the orphanage when she was returning back to the orphanage um and yeah there was just one shot which was really good and I just 
I loved it so much. It was really good. And um, some more facts. Um, majority of this was filmed in Berlin purely because they wanted to emulate the 1960s vibes um, in like the show like yeah in the show but like there were so many places in like because this was set in America but loads of places in America are too modern to give that vibe so they filmed in Berlin to kind of show those like that thing and then I guess I don't really have anything else to add but like overall the themes there were a lot of themes in this show and they really do all interlink as I like there were a lot of times where they were overlapping with each other and I think that was like the way that they all overlap and interlink know that you have a good show because if you have like a theme that's just on its own and like it doesn't link with anything at all that is like also in the show it kind of just feels like you haven't done a good job in interweaving it so I'm glad they all did interconnect which was really awesome so finally I wanted to talk about the popularity of this show so within like a month of this show coming out um, it became Netflix's, like, most watched scripted miniseries, like, ever on its platform, which, to me, says that it definitely has a big impact, and loads of people have been watching it, right? But aside from that, let's actually talk about chess itself, because, um, you know, the chess market is, like, fluctuates sometimes, you know, up and down, whatever, but it was so impactful to people that chess sales... Like, the increase of, like, chess sets, like, the sales of chess sets, like, they increased by a thousand percent after the show had aired, which is incredible. Like, so many people are, like, inspired by Beth Harmon and actually want to go and play chess, which is insane. Not only that, but the site, chess.com, saw, like, an increase in over several million users, new users, on their site after the show had um, aired, which is also very insane like so many people are um like are actually going out and like trying and playing chess and seeing what it's all about and what the fuss is all about so i thought those were really cool facts about it and um i would be very very surprised if anya taylor joy did not win an emmy for this um because truly I am very, very impressed with this show and um, I'm excited to see more from her and Scott Rank, you have really impressed me. I hope you do more series or like films or like whatever you want similar to this because these were all incredibly crafted and really good. So after talking about The Queen's Gambit, because I did talk about it for quite a while, um, I wanted to talk about... Um, the infamous segment of my show which is the recommend and to the back end so i have been slacking i have hardly watched anything in the past few weeks because i have been busy doing coursework um but i will say i watched halfway through good time um which has robert patterson in it and basically he's trying to help his brother um like come out make bail yeah make bail um for out of prison um, because of some events that occurred earlier in the film and I am very two-minded about this film at the moment I mean I've only seen half of it but I'm very two-minded and um, 
I, I don't know, right now it feels very much a, like a to the back end, which is really bad, but I have to continue it and see what I feel because I can't judge, like, like you can't judge a, a book or anything only seeing or reading half of it, you know? So I will give it a shot and hopefully by, either by the time this episode comes out or by the time I film or record the next episode, I hopefully should have seen it. So we'll see, we'll see how I feel about it then. Um, but I don't have any other things because I've genuinely been slacking. But hopefully by next week I'll have so much more to share. So we have reached the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, definitely do give the podcast a subscribe there just to make sure you don't miss any of the episodes that come out. And if you are listening on um, Google Podcasts or uh, Overcast or Spotify Podcasts, do give it a follow there. And going back to the Apple uh, Podcast listeners, if you want, you could live a, leave a rating or review. It would very much help the podcast. And if you want to keep up to dated with um, just the podcast in general, see some promo and stuff like that, you can follow uh, my socials at Deeks with Dita for Instagram and Twitter. And um, if you want to keep updated on the films that I'm watching on a day-to-day basis that I may not mention in the podcast episode, you can follow me on my letterbox, underscore Nandita, underscore. And um, also, if you haven't already seen um, my secret project that I have, um, if you go on to my socials on at Deeks with Dita and you click the links in the bio, you can click secret project where you can um, ask me some questions for a super special episode that is going to come out very, very soon. Um, but yeah, with that being said, next week's episode is going to be episode 30 and also the secret project episode. So um, that the secret project episode, I will not spoil but the episode that is coming up, episode 30, is going to be on Netflix teen rom-coms or just teen things. Just Netflix things that are targeted towards teens because boy oh boy do I have some opinions on those. Um, but I guess I will see you all next week when you will listen to that episode. Bye everyone! <laughs>